Cool. Hey, Paolo, how are you doing? Good evening. How are you? <laughs> very I'm really good. Very, very well, thank you. I'm so excited to actually get you on this podcast. It's unbelievable how excited I am. <laughs> no, I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. No worries. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be quite chilly here in um, usually called sunny South Africa, but I think autumn is creeping up on us. So yeah, it's a chilly evening, but yeah, I'm happy to be doing this. Nice. Um, so for those that don't know. Who are you? Who are you, and uh, what what are you up to? Um, in a very quick nutshell, I am a South African ex-national player. Uh, played in the two thousand and four Athens Olympic Games. So, those that have their calculators out um, can <laughs> almost uh, guess my age. <laughs> it was way back when I was young and fit. Um, yeah, I'm currently uh, FIH Academy Level 4 coach. Um, I'm now an, an educator for the academy as well. And yeah, I, I coach at the University of Johannesburg. So, simple question just to get started. How did you get into coaching? Well, like uh, most students, um, I got into coaching to, you know, to have a little bit of uh, pocket money. Yeah, <laughs> you know, something to use on a, a Friday or Saturday evening. <laughs> yeah, that's how I got into coaching, and yeah, it's 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 one of those things. Eh? It's 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 a bug that bites and it doesn't let go. So this has been going on for, geez, like I don't know how twenty twenty years, twenty twenty odd years. Yep, it's been that long. So what's your highlight then? Twenty years of coaching, you got to have some pretty cool highlights in there. Yeah. Oh well. I mean, there have been some, you know, local competitions that we've 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 won, um, um, provincial stuff that we've I've I've won, and I think the highlight though was being at the Youth Olympic Games, um, in uh, in Argentina in 2018, and we made it to the semifinals, and I think we were the first South African team to make it to a semifinal for a global event. That's amazing. And so, yeah, that was yeah, that was pretty pretty something big. That's really cool. And that was in the fives format, is that right? The Youth Olympics? Yes, indeed. Yeah, the, the fives, uh, five, hockey fives is how the Youth Olympics uh, go. And I, and I know I've just seen some stuff on social media that uh, Europe are already getting ready for the next Youth Olympic Games. Um, the under 16 groups are getting together. I saw that the Swiss are already um, training for that. And yeah, it, it's it's insane. It's, it's, it's hockey, but... You guys are you. You're a, a cricket playing country, so it's literally hockey that is T20. Yeah. So it's fast. There's no time to think. There's no time to breathe. But yeah. Do you think it's gonna have a big place in the 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 kind of global circuit, or do you think it will stay as kind of a a slightly smaller version of the the sport? I know that uh, FIH has said something about maybe an um, a, an under twenty three. Um, World Cup. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think for for hockey in terms of bringing in money and uh, media and a short format that you know non hockey watchers and non hockey community people can look in and watch it and just you know it's just really really explosive. So I do think there's a place for for fives in 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 our community as you know you look at hockey globally. I think there's a very big place for it um but as we see that our calendar is becoming so packed you know every year there's more and more and, and happy to do it you know but it's the, the challenge will be finding a right time and when in the three or four year cycles do we put in fives and can we ever get fives to be for the senior players yeah i think the calendar is definitely a <laughs> a pretty busy thing right now like yeah i remember when i was talking to to willars on a previous podcast like the calendar for the senior guys is mad with pro league and trying and now with covid mm -hmm. trying to like pack everything into such a small space of time like no yep. idea how how you'd fit that in but i guess for for nations which aren't in pro league and everything else actually there's probably a really good argument for it 
Yeah, and, and but you, you think about how how many countries are I'll I'll use this word very loosely allowing their pro players to play indoor and outdoor. Yeah, yeah. Already, yeah. so now we've got we've got those two sports or the differences, and now we're bringing in fives. I think for for the emerging communities, emerging countries, and and that I think fives is absolutely incredible because you can take it anywhere. Mm. You know, it's four players on the field and a goalkeeper, and that's that's how you roll. So I, I know, like for South Africa, I think it's going to have a huge impact in us getting hockey into the rural areas, um, very previously disadvantaged areas. I think everyone there can can play fives. Um, I think for Africa, it's going to be it's going to be huge, and I think it's a way of introducing the sport and not needing twenty people to be available to play. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, so we've worked out how you got into coaching. So FIH mm-hmm. educator, uh, have being an FIH educator as well, it is a really cool thing to be involved in. Uh, how did you get into it? Well, I, I met, um, Mike Joyce and Michelle Keenan, um, 2017, I think it was. I was doing my level three for the F- with the FIH, um, and one night, one night at dinner, the Michelle was in my ear. Paulo, you need to think about becoming an educator, and I was like, "No, absolutely <laughs> not. I am a coach. I coach players." Um, and <laughs> you call over, it's like, "Mike, please come sit down." Uh, I'm having a tough time trying to convince Paulo, and even that night, I was like, I was still a big no. Um, they spoke to me again the next day, and I was like, mm, guys, I, I'm not feeling it. I really want to coach. Um, you know, I want to be on the side of the field. That's where that fuels me, you know, that fuels all the fire in me, being on the side of the pitch and, you know, having that impact on players. Um, yeah, three years later, here I am, um, having been to to India um, to, <laughs> to educate coaches in India. Yeah, so it was that conversation that started, and obviously just it was just that little seed that was planted. I thought about it and I thought about it and, you know, Michelle said, Paulo, this way you say you want to spread hockey around the world and quality hockey around the world. This is how you do it. You know, you you educate a coach and that coach can then touch more players than you'll ever be able to touch. Mm. And I think, yeah, that, that, that was it. And yeah, so now I I educate coaches. It's, it's massive fun. It's huge, huge fun. And I, I didn't really understand or know that I would have such a big love for for touching coaches' lives as much as I, I I love, you know, being in the in the lives of of players and trying to get them to the next level of their careers. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's having that connection. Like you say, you're 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 helping spread hockey globally and and infusing more people. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really addictive. Like that that India trip will still stay with me. Uh, as yep. one of the the all-time greatest trips I will ever go on, I feel. Um, uh, for those that don't know, Polo, myself and Sven, uh, the dream team, went out to India October last year. <laughs> and it was the craziest trip ever. Uh, 85 coaches in seven days or something mad like that. <laughs> um, but the the buzz you get from... And particularly even with the online stuff, I feel like the buzz you get and the connection you get with those coaches is pretty special because I you get a really cool connection with them. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, um, and, and I start every coaching course that I, I do, I start with, guys, I learn so much from every single connection I make with any hockey person. So us being in this room or now we're educating online, um, being virtually connected, I learned so much from every single coach that I, I come in contact with. So even then in India, you know, we there were one or two times we learned things how not to do things <laughs> or never to do them again, right? Yep. But then there were also some really massive moments of, okay, cool, that, that I will take. And mm. I'm never shy to tell coaches like, Please understand that that idea I'm stealing and I'm going to let it roll over in my oh, mind yeah. for a little bit. But I think you're onto something really special. And 
just being able to share and see the people share with each, with each other and making those connections and and I think I don't know people don't realize that when you educate it's always people from such different backgrounds oh yeah for sure other coaching backgrounds or you know where they come from and and where they live and watching them connect and you know build those relationships you know that we are leaving that country that province that state in a just a slightly better place than when we arrived yeah. and 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 like you said that is really addictive so what skills do you think you've taken from coaching into kind of your educator role then well i think People say it's it's been my personality my whole life, but you know the the connections that you make with people, and I'm I find it easy to make connections or make friends. So that side of the sport is what I've I've I think I've I've carried on from being a player um, to coaching and now to being an educator. You know, it's it's just making those connections and finding the human in in the coach. And connecting with that element, you know, I, I mean, when we went to India, here you are from the UK, we've got Sven from Holland, myself from South Africa, never met. Obviously, we've, uh, I think we all Googled each other when we, yeah. when we were put up. <laughs> Quick Instagram search. <laughs> Who is this? Okay, cool. I'm excited now. Um, so even then, we, we connected, we didn't have much time. So we arrived on the day we had our first session. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, whoever's going to be watching this, coaches, administrators, players alike, like just imagine performance directors, like, like... Okay, here's, here's your new mate. Go on, do it. Um, <laughs> but we, we made them look, we made that look so effortless and seamless because, and again, um, through the FIH, I've met some really genuine people. Mm. You know, I, I don't think a, a lot of people that are within the FIH and working um, with the academy, I think we're just there to serve. Um, and, and that's one thing that you pick up from everyone, you know, just, good morning, how are you? Okay, what are we doing? How are we doing it? Everyone's just willing to share and willing to listen. So, yeah, I, I, I'll, you, you say that the whole trip was incredible, but I feel like our first two hours of it could have gone anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway but we were all there to serve so <clears throat> it, it made it look so easy and even the coaches are like oh man how long have you guys known each other for we're like oh about an hour and a half <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> 15 minutes ago <laughs> yeah yeah so it, it's it's lovely to work with people that you know have the same passion uh, and and have the same vision mm. and keep adding to your own vision so yeah, so being working for for the academy has been just a life changing experience, really. Do you think it's enhanced your coaching? Oh, very much so, very much so. Like yes, you can you can. I, I've done the coaching courses, you know, um, but being around great minds and sharing ideas w with with people that have had different experiences add to what I already know. Um, and we just, I just feel like I, every time, like I'm looking at this computer or on the field, I feel like I'm learning all the time. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's helped me immensely. And yeah, just a pity about, you know, the COVID and us being in lockdown, because I feel like this year was, you know, an Olympic year is, is a, has got that, that buzz, mm. um, around, especially with, with, with hockey, you know, cause it's, it's like our Christmas every four years yeah, yeah, and that has been moved and yeah I, I guess people will have their own ideas and, and um, opinions on how this will affect uh, affect um, Tokyo 2020 being now 2021 are teams going to be more prepared or less prepared yeah that's a really tough one uh, I think it's definitely going to open opportunities for younger players so maybe guys that were maybe thinking, oh, maybe 2020 might be a bit soon, 2021, 12 months of additional prep, like players can make mm -hmm. huge leaps and bounds. Um, yeah. So I don't, whether that makes a difference from, a, I guess, a tactical side um, and like a team bonding side, because there could be all these new faces chucked in. 
But I think there's going to be yeah. some really young, exciting talent coming through for sure. Yeah, but you, you think about now they've had this break, so that that disconnect. How and I think this is a huge ch- challenge for coaches, and I would love to see them write books and um, and document and papers about this because mm. this is the first time, especially for us in the hockey world, that this has happened to us. You know, and you you work on those four year cycles. So I'd love to I'd love to see what the head coaches, administrators. All those guys, what are, what are, what they are they going to learn out of this pandemic and and this disconnect from players? I'm talking about people that can step up in a year, but this year has I know now in South Africa it's been seven six and a half seven weeks of not being allowed out, you know, during the lockdown. So how does that impact your anxiety as a player? Do you feel that you are prepared, less prepared? Um, are you actually welcoming the break and and making like some mental notes and and learning from yourself, but we'll only see we'll see next year, and I'm very excited about those Olympic games. Yeah, the Olympics is just something which I don't know anybody who has any any slight interest in sport. It's just like you say, it's Christmas. Like even not just for the hockey, but just watching all the sports yep. and just like I'm like two weeks, I'm locked into the telly. I'll see you in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see when it's done. Like, don't talk to me. I'm watching this, and you get so into like random sports. You're like, oh yeah, I'm now a pole vault expert. <laughs> How many new sports do you become a fan to? Oh. You're like, oh no, I know that guy, that Brazilian pole vaulter. That's that's my that's my dude. <laughs> and you're like, what do I know about pole vaulting? Nothing. But yeah. And when, they, and when they don't get it quite right, you're like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shooting. Me to shooting like why am I watching this archery? I'm watching and I'm like yeah, and you can't you can't call me you can't I'm like whoa 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 whoa. <laughs> you just turn it on at like six a.m. You're like oh cool like some random sports on here we go. <laughs> oh. Um, so moving kind of away from the educator and coach side, I think one thing which I was really keen to talk to you about was kind of the role of the striker and how kind of how important they are and and kind of what you think is kind of key traits uh personality or skill wise or mental or mentally that makes like a world world leading striker because for me i think we can think of the guys that are top of their game at the moment you know you look at leader of elton for the women you look at sam ward for the men like you look at these guys and they just seem to be almost playing a different game and it, I just wanted to kind of get your views on like what do you think makes makes a world leading striker um, in the first place I think you touched on it I, I think you, you spoke about um, mentality uh, and, and that grit and determination and that it's just I feel like uh, when I played it was more about an attitude than actually stick and ball Right, so and uh, I, I know a few of us would just uh, and and um, when I was doing my research for the workshop I did last week, or the goal scoring workshop I did with the FIH, I, I I called a couple of strikers that I know from yesteryear, you know, and uh, Peter Cotier holds still holds the, the the record for the most goals scored by a by a woman, uh, you know, talking about what made you better than everyone else. You know, I've got my own opinions. I want to hear from other people. And it really was what stood out with, with, with all of that is just mentality, like the want, you know, and sometimes you don't know how you got there. Um, you know, there are like 150,000 skills that you can use to put the ball in the back of the net. How do you make that split second decision be the perfect decision? Mm. You know, what skill to use? Your leading, your your connections with the people around you. How do you will the ball onto your stick and yeah i think for me it's mainly that personality of a striker is unpopular opinion here is that uh, i feel that you you need to be a little arrogant as a striker you know you you need to want the pressure and the weight of this game to be on your own shoulders mm. and know that you are going to be the one that's going to make a difference you know i i, I used to look at the scoreboard and like when I was playing and I was like, 
I haven't made an impact there, so I'm not making an impact here, you know? So yeah. I would I would press I'd press well later in my career when I was uh, smarter and uh, I could understand angles and lines and, <laughs> and timing of <laughs> uh, of going at defenders. In fact, I'm pressing well, you know, I'm connecting well with everyone. We can't be, could be three, four, no up, but I'm just looking at the scoreboard. I don't, my name is not there and I feel like I haven't, haven't made a big enough impact. So it's just that slight bit of arrogance uh, and wanting to be the difference between winning and losing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you think about um, in, in European uh, leagues, they, you know, they play the playoffs. You know, they need to be talking about me in the next team talk. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, the coach needs to be coding, what is Paulo doing? And that's, you know, that's how I talk to my strikers. I'm like, are you making an impact? And, and, and who are you making this impact to? Hmm. You know, if the other team is not thinking or worrying about you, then I, I don't know if you're doing your job as a striker. And is that what the the strikers said that you spoke to that they had they felt like they yeah. just had that kind of arrogance about them and that kind of yeah and the one taking the weight for, for the yeah they wanted they wanted the the pressure on the shoulders they wanted to to go out there and be the difference you know and and right now with with the drag flick you've got many defenders that are the difference on the scoreboard right because they're the drag flickers most defenders but you know you can score your two your three but my, me as a striker, I mean, I, I'm, there are plenty of um, clips that you can watch of someone like Billy. Mm-hmm. When Buck is playing, you can see that he wants to be in that zone. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Hertzberger, two <laughs> really massive men, right? But how they move in the D is unbelievable. You know, and the experience they have, obviously, the timing of arriving at the right time, arriving in the right moment in the right space and ready for, you know, the, to finish. Mm. And that's, you know, Michael, you can, you can train technical skills over and over and over and over. But if you don't have that determination to be someone special or someone different, it's, it's, I, I don't think, I think uh, you might be a, a midfielder then. Yeah. And with all the skills that you have. And you, and again, I think that kind of mentality comes back again. I come back to Wardy because he, you know, I think he's just got that stuff. You like, I'm, I don't care if you're between me and the goal, the balls go in there, and it, there's just that mm-hmm. no, it's almost no regard. And I think it, if you haven't got that, like you say, how can you possibly beat the defender who's going to be equal? You know who's going to want to be as competitive as you to stop you scoring. Yeah. So you have to be extra in that aspect. Same as a goalkeeper in those those aspects then, surely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and um, looking at, uh, I think, um, Sam, I worked with Sam Rowe on the goal scoring workshop. I think we went through, I'm not exaggerating, probably about 60 clips. Really quality clips, and we wanted 16 only. <laughs> so we'd go through it over and over. Like, what does this one give us? And we're there just like oogling at goal scoring because, yeah, it's my number one passion, you know. And, and I truly believe that it's, it's, the, it's going to be the reason we get more money into, into our sport. You know, if we don't score goals, we're not interesting anyone that's watching. Exactly. You know, you, how many games have we watched that, yes, the hockey nerds would, would, would love a nil-nil final against uh, Holland and, and, and Belgium. For the purists, you're like, oh, it's great pressing, really good technical. Brilliant. You're looking at the technical stuff, you're looking tactically, how they're changing between the the chuckers. But if I'm sitting here with a group of mates, they want to see goals. They want to see that ball hit as hard as you can past (laughs) the goalkeeper's left ear into the net. So so strikers that, that can do that and goalkeepers that want to prevent that and goalkeepers yeah. and goalkeeping has changed so much in the in the last i think five to 15 years mm, definitely you know goalkeepers goalkeepers aren't the you know just the the lazy kid at the back in 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 <laughs> foam it's it's pure athletes that just want to do what they can for the success of their team yeah um yeah. i don't know you just get that right so what would you say then to kind of 
young athletes then who are wanting to be strikers to develop their game because that's quite a hard thing to say well you need to be mentally kind of ahead what can you because you might see something in a player and be like "Uh, they've got something like what could coaches do to then really drive that forward i think um what gives you that confidence firstly is knowing that you are technically sound so being in an area and a defender coming at from your right side and you have to hit that backhand um, and for your viewers that are from um, Oceania, it's uh, the Tomahawk. So if you, you have to hit the ball there, you need to know that you can. And that's what gives you that confidence. Um, if the ball is coming at you knee height, I know that I, with one touch I can control the ball and then do the next thing. So hours and hours, time on task, time on the turf, time on perfecting every little bit of skill that you might need in a circle. And even outside the circle, the elimination skills that you'll need to get yourself into the circle. Uh, you know, the, the passing skills that you'll need to connect with other players. If you start getting those right um, at a young age, and, and this is right, the, the challenge to, to coaches. If, if you give me 20 players that are all technically sound, then I've got something really special to work with. You know, then I can go, I can go crazy with tactics, mm. right? Because Definitely. I've got the people that can execute. So as a striker, I think being able to execute receiving skills, passing skills, finishing skills, that's what gives you that confidence. And then once you have that confidence, you start scoring more goals. You're like, wait a minute, I'm really damn good at this. <laughs> Definitely. And, and once you get that, it becomes, again, it becomes a drug because you just want to feel that over and over and over. And that feeling of you being the one that put the ball in the back of the net, absolutely outrageous feeling, mm. right? Um, I know midfielders that I've played with and have worked with, they say they get that feeling from assisting. Did you see that pass? And um, and as the strikers, forget your arrogance for 0.2 of a second <laughs> and run up that midfielder and say, that was amazing. That I love part, it when how you, did you find me. How did you see me? How you made that connection and you guys become like best friends. I love it when you see a striker score an absolute worldy goal, and the first thing they do is they point at the guy that gave him the assist. They're like, "That was you. That was your yeah. goal." Uh, and yeah, I, that was all you. Oh, I love that. That's so cool to see. I make the lead, but you saw me and you could you could deliver. Mm. You know, and and I know as strikers we demand a lot from defenders and um and um the midfield to give us the ball we wanted but when that connection happens it's just out of this world mm. definitely so yeah to just wrap up your question i think to get to being mentally ahead of everyone you need that confidence and uh, slash arrogance but to get there you need to be technically sound yeah so we're going to go and i think one last point, which I kind of want to bring up. One of the guys uh, watching now has said, goalkeepers, the unsung hero of the team. Strikers get the credit most of the time. Uh, yeah, agreed. I mean, I'm going to be biased, having been a goalie. So my theory is always going to be the keepers are the best, you know, most important person on the field. So, uh, so Jenny, I'm with you on that. Uh, but if you've only got goalies, you ain't scoring goals. It's not much of a game. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they say defense win um, championships, right? And strikers win matches. But I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, we we are kind of the difference between three points and one point. So <laughs> in a league, you need to be scoring goals to get the three points ticking. Yeah. Um, yes, we do appreciate keepers. You know, like um, in my in my team, my best mates were. You'd think they were the midfielders that would give me the ball. No, they were the goalkeepers that I would call them up. I'm going down to the turf. Do you want to come down and, uh, you know, just be my target for, for an <laughs> <Yeah>. hour? <laughs> oh, Jenny. So, yeah, so, you know, getting, getting... Jenny said he's a defender. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so those so guys. understand. They've got, they've got that special bond, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I also think, like, strikers, you've got an opportunity. If, Like you say, I think people need to be more kind of pushy with their goalies. And be like, and goalies push you with strikers and be like, look, 
<laughs> let's arrive to the turf like five, ten minutes early and just grab a crate of balls and smash a thousand balls at me. I'm going to get better as a goalie and you're going to get better as a striker. And then you're going to muck around with things like, you know, well, if you feed it to me here, I'm just going to smash it back to you. And then you've got to like pick off these mm-hmm. like strange rebounds and all those sort yep. of stuff. And I think people have got a responsibility in them onto themselves to then make themselves better in those aspects. Yeah. I mean, Mark, I don't know how many times um, the, the teams that you work with have time on the turf together. You know, but I know I've got two sessions with my um, varsity team. In those four hours in a week, there's no way that I can impart 20 years of knowledge to you as a player, right? But I will give you the blueprint. What you do with it will make you the player that you become. You know, you, you can go through varsity three, four years and come out, yes, a better player, slightly better player. But if you want to start challenging um, your peers in the world, you need to be putting time in by yourself. And this is also why I, I quit my nine to five so I can be available to the players um, 24 seven almost, you know, for, for 12 hours in the day. If you need me, I'll be at the turf. Yeah. You come through, coach, between classes, I only have 40 minutes. Let's do it. We can work. We can work. Give me 100 balls and you'll be finished in 30 <laughs> minutes, you know, just a one-on-one session. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll be crawling back to your car to go to class. But, you know, all we can do is just to give them the tools. If they don't want to take it further, they don't. Um, right. Let's hit some questions. So uh, this is from Instagram. Uh, so this mm-hmm. is... Sorry if I say this wrong. Uh, Dante Vanini, 15. Uh, the 15 is obviously important on that. Uh, any tips on analysis of yourself, like figuring out what you need to improve on? And they love the, he loves the podcast as well. Excellent news. We like him. You can... Fantastic question. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think, you know, as, as coaches, we also learn to self-reflect. So, you know, they always parents that are watching games and watching practice sessions. Give someone your phone. Let them video what you are doing at practice sessions and matches. And don't look at it really with just only a critical eye. Look at what you're good at and you build on what you're good at and look at what you could have done better in that session or in the match. And because I know like right now we've got access to all of these amazing um you know, videos online, um, you've got these podcasts, you've got people that you can talk to, can ask questions. But when you're watching like a pro league match or World Cup game and you look at the technical or even tactical aspects that a certain player has and you want to get better, better to be able to be like them, watch them, but also just make notes. Mm. I would love to be able to hit the ball on my backhand. I'd love to be able to throw a 50-yard over, uh, aerial. And then you start having your own logbook of what I can do better, but don't only look at what you can do better. Look at what you do very well and make sure you keep learning and adding to that. Oh, that's, I I, think we that's so, so key. Like I'm so fed up with people just looking at analyzing themselves and being like, oh, I'm, oh, just look at the bits which you're not very good at. At which point you're mm-hmm. only bringing the bottom up. You're not actually pushing your ceiling of like what makes yeah. you different. You then just become beige because you, if you only ever work on the stuff which you're not very good at, your mm-hmm. ceiling stays here. Like you don't become special. Yep. I always say like, and, and that's, and again, uh, like I, I'm, I'm very much of a, the mental part of the player is really, really important. So look at what you're good at and always remember that and you put that in your back pocket. You know, so if, if you're a striker, I will remember the one goal that, I've scored that everyone's like, how did you do that? That stays in my memory forever, you know? Uh, and I put that in my back pocket when I'm on the field and I'm not really feeling like I'm playing like myself. I can always look at that little bit in my back pocket and think, hey, don't forget who you are. Hmm. And I think that's good. That Same for goalies as well. Like making the good, yeah. you know. I, I think for goalies, it's making sure that you remember those super saves, but also having a think back to those games where you were just really good at stopping everything you should have stopped 
Like, I think that's massive yeah, for goalies. Yeah, and, and, how, and, and again, with a goalkeeper, you remember the, the, the moments when you and your defense clicked, you know, and you were just like all the pieces of the puzzle were just connected and everyone was moving as you were speaking. Every command you gave, people moved. Those are moments that, you know, you need to keep trying to replicate over and over and over. So those are the things that you must remember. You know, don't just look at, oh man, I, I should have gotten that ball. I, I should have, no, look at the good. Remember your good so that when you get back on the field, you work on that good being better. Yeah. So so that no one can catch you, right? It's going to be your thing. Yeah, and you look at, you take somebody like, you know, any of the best drag flickers in the world. It's not like, oh, okay, I'm a, I'm a really good flicker, but I'm just going to work on the thing that I'm really bad at. Actually, then you just end up being an average flicker. Like, yeah, you've got to yep. push the envelope. Uh, who's this? Uh, no idea. Tynum, T-I underscore N-H-A-M, uh, 09. Obviously, 09 is a performance. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a vague question. So the challenge is, can you uh, keep it short and sweet? One piece of advice for any player to get better at hockey. You're one like... To get back? To get better. better. Yeah. Oh, Best advice um, for I any I think it's an easy one, actually. I think it's very easy. I think um, best advice is if you get yourself really good at the basic technical aspect of the game, you are really easy to work with as a player. You know, you can come from my varsity and move to the UK and work with Mike and you move to Belgium and work with Darren, you, you know, you can move around, but if you can't push and stop a ball properly, you can't run with the ball, you can't pass the ball, it's difficult for coaches to want you in their side. You know, um, and you want to be, you want to take it one step further, give yourself a specialist skill. Like we've been talking about the penalty corners. Are you the best Lineman, postman on on the on the team. Then oh, I can't by the way, because I need you. There. If anybody wants to I be a great there. number one runner, that is instant selection into any team, any team that I work with. If you exactly. if you're an amazing one runner, you're in. Like simple as. Yeah. So 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 know the basics and know them really really well, but then also give yourself an edge by being the quickest injector at the penalty corner. You know, the best stopper. Ask any drag flick in the world who they want in their team. They'll tell you, the person that stops the ball dead for me every single time, I want that guy on the team. Mm -hmm. And the guy that puts it on so, the money at rate so he has time just to come in and flick. Exactly. Exactly. So just give yourself a chance by just, you know, just give yourself one extra specialist skill. Um, if you're a defender, goodness, if you can throw a 50, 80-yard aerial, difficult it's difficult to press you so it's difficult for me as a coach to leave you out of my my system so yeah i just think yeah technical skills are really 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 good uh, are like really important because from there i as a coach can work with you the tactical stuff they keep changing you know they, they're fluid but if i can't believe that you're going to stop a ball when there's a, a striker behind you and you're the last man <laughs> I don't think I can have you on the field. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, you kind of got to be able to stop that little round white thing. Um, yeah, exactly. So, uh, next question. This is quite a cool one. So, uh, this is from uh, Ollie. Uh, what's the pathway system like in South Africa? Uh, and pros and cons of the system. Uh, I know Ollie. He's a, an English guy and works uh, within the English system. So, yeah. What's the what's the pathway like in South Africa? What what's good and bad about it? Oh well, I think uh, looking at um, right now, I know we're working on getting um, a an online education system also going, and I know African hockey is also on on the same path. But if if you're looking as as a player, I think the system here is pretty straightforward you know you play for your school and then you make your district team and then you're looking to make a provincial team and then from there we, there's a, a week tournament you'll have about three to five six to, um, selectors and then you get selected into high performance groups 
so that's that's the player pathway in, in in that way for for players and then for coaches you know we have our national association um level one level two level three course and then once you have your level three you can apply for an fih level three and then you build from there but yeah it's 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 you know we've got public schools here and private schools so it's you know where you are at the time you'll you might earn enough money to to make a living off in in a private school and maybe not so much at a at a public school um jedi's got a question let me just bring this up uh so advice for a coach who has a confidence placed player who's having a bad run of not scoring getting chances but not converting so what advice would you give to the coach who's working with that player so not necessarily just for the okay. player so you're looking at why and how they are not converting right so that's your that's your job as a coach to look at was it the skill choice um was it the timing of the skill what are they doing technically that is not allowing them to finish um and working on the confidence you know you just bring them back down to basics and uh, we talk about you know players must always feel like they're successful at things so you when they talk about the game the player will tell you about oh but i missed this i missed that i missed that you as a coach just always try to remind them about the good things they did in the game um while you are doing your own behind the scenes research and again i think video has changed the way we we do a lot of things as coaches so you look at the video and you can sit down with the player and say listen why did you choose to do this skill because have you had you chosen that you're giving yourself a better chance and again missing goals you know that's the bottom line but why did you miss the goal goalkeeper make a great save you know sometimes you give the credit to the keeper uh sometimes you give the credit to the defender he came in at the right time great angle you know of approach close the space down made everything difficult for you mm. so then as a coach you look at those clips and you like listen had we done had you done abc maybe differently what options are then open for you mm. and then they might just start thinking outside of i missed the goal yeah that's fine you know failure is is the best way to learn definitely yeah and i think my other bit on that is the more I feel like the more situations you're put in which resemble where you're going to end up the more confident you would have seen something similar to that in a higher volume of reps mm -hmm. so i i guess it for me it comes down to like a little bit of session design stuff like you say if you've gone through the video and there's certain areas that they're not like nailing down like recreate opportunities not exactly that situation but enough around the outside of it so that they can live in that moment so when they get back to it in game time it's fine and and be be a little bit more specific in your training and i think this is my kind of concern with small sided game stuff is i love it i use it a lot and it's great but it has to have specificity to the group that you're working mm -hmm. with and you have to know exactly why you're doing those certain things and i think i see too much of vague exercises happen uh, or they've seen it they've seen another coach down the road do it so i'm going to do it exactly the same and they don't know why so create scenarios and create trainers which actually really dig deep into your players and for them like we do training to make yeah. them better we don't do training to make us better like it's about them ultimately yeah. and i think that's what that's another thing but again it's it's, it's about the why that you like you just said it's why are we doing this specific small sided game why have you introduced these specifications um why is it a two touch only in the in the circle why are we doing that coach and i think when players understand why they're doing it the learning becomes easier because they know which points they need to be hitting right mm. and we often just no i'm the coach you just carry on and do it so that player uh, we're talking about the person that is maybe going through a bit of a slump in in form they must tell you coach i feel like every time i pull the ball just outside my right foot i can't get it back to across the goal and you're like why do you think that's happening start engaging with your players mentally more than just thinking that they are the horse that needs to run the race for you mm. you know ask them what are they feeling in that moment 
because sometimes it's not even technical, right? It's it's mental. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, and if they, and our coach, our role as a coach isn't just the technical, tactical. It is the psychological aspect. So how can we almost yep. fill them back up with air and fill them back up with confidence so that they can they can just go and smash it? And particularly if, uh, as Jenny said, it seems like yeah they they are a confidence based player and they have. I guess they have scored a lot of goals before, so they're kind of mm-hmm. they know what it's like. So remind them of that feeling, you know, celebrate like mad as a coach when they score in training, like go to town on it. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, act up a little bit to it. They'll feel good about it because yeah, coaches and, and maybe, see you and maybe score. put them and in the area, put them in an area where they score what they call the easy goals. You mm-hmm. know, the tip-ins, the the tap-ins, far post, and maybe they're not the key striker in the next game. You know, they, they become the support striker who's already in the nine-yard area. Mm-hmm. They just to get that final little touch. Then you've got your first goal, and you're like, oh, my goodness, I haven't scored in four games. You remember that feeling, mm-hmm. and now you want to replicate that feeling, right? But again, in practice, what are we doing in practice? Um, and how are we upskilling the player? So, yes, you've got this player that can score goals in matches that are important and isn't anymore. Are they still feeling that they're being pushed at your training sessions? Hmm. And that's where it starts, right? It starts. It starts at home on your home ground. Am I learning every time I'm there? Uh, you know, uh, are your training sessions building on the experience, the skill, the you know everything that they would want to go home thinking? He's like, you know, today I learned that. Are you still teaching players, or are you just going through the motions as a coach because you've arrived at the training session? Yeah. And I think that happens. And, you know, I think that there's no coach in the world that can turn around and say, yeah, I've been perfect every single session. I think I'd love to Mm -hmm. say that, but I'd be lying. Like there have been sessions where I have had just a dig into my back pocket of sessions and and pull something out and run with it. But then I've got the the gray hairs now and plenty of them and the experience to sit behind. Okay, well, I know I've got this drill in my back pocket but I can tweak and adjust it to suit my suit my guys. And I think that that's art. That's art in coaching and yeah, experience, I guess. I think that that, that there's that big moment with, with coaches and players where, you know, you've planned the session, but ah, they're not feeling it, you know, like it's not gelling. Everyone's like maybe a little down. And I know for, for us in South Africa, when the the cold um, starts creeping in. <laughs> I know there's always a change in, in, in how the players arrive at practice. And sometimes just, you know, pull them in. Like, I've got uh, 25 minutes. I had this and this planned. But I feel like we should do something fun now. And they were like, yeah, cool. I'm like, well, there's this game that you guys really go mental for. Uh, do we do that? Or do we just go smash 150 balls at the keeper? And the keepers were always the first to say, yeah, smash balls at the keeper. Happy. Let's go. You know, and, and, and then I, I'll bring something in, like, if the whole team does not celebrate a goal, we we stop. We just, you know, just going to warm down, go home. So every single time it hits the back of the net, it trickles over the keeper, we just make a big thing out of it, you know, because <laughs> we must never forget that we're not getting paid tons of money to do this. No. End of the day, it's, yes, I want to be learning and growing, but you also want to be having a flipping good time doing it. Yeah, I think. And once we forget that as coaches, yeah, then you know you'll start seeing the attitude of the players change and like, oh gosh, I'm here. It feels like a chore, mm. but it should never. It should never. I think I think we play. We involved in the most exciting sport, and one of the hardest sports to play, right? Oh yeah. Think about For sure. thirty-six inches of this composite <laughs> stick. <laughs> you have to make part of your body and control this thing like you've had it since you were born. You know, oh, geez. Oh, at the end of that, there's this little white ball that I also need to manipulate. Like Someone's firing a... a white someone's firing a marble that's a giant marble at you at 95 kph. <laughs> and... Yeah, no. And you are running at it. Right? <laughs> You're running at this ball. It's coming at you. You're going at it. I'm going... <laughs> It's crazy what we do. It's, I've had this conversation it's with someone really recently. That we, don't, we, we don't have the money that the, 
our counterparts there at football have because I feel like we do the most, Mike. We do the most. <laughs> it's when you boil it down, when you when you actually take a step back and look at it, it's like we play a weird sport. Like <laughs> it's bonkers what we play. But yeah. we love it. And we wouldn't do anything else. Exactly. <laughs> There's nothing else in this world that I would do. Um well, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, time has flown by. Like we are 50 minutes in. <laughs> it's just gone like that. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Any last pearls of wisdom for, for the guys watching? Um, I think for, for players and coaches alike, actually, I think your growth is in your hands. You can't put it, um, can't hand it over to someone else. But you can get a team around you that will help you grow. But for you to take the next step, um, even as a national player, for you to be an international player, and as an international player to be one of those people that are in the FIH awards, it's all on you. Um, there can be really great people around you, but if you don't use your resources and use your time wisely and your want wisely, then you just, you know, you're just going to be another player that put on their national kit. Nice point to finish on. Hello. Thank you so, so, so much. Stay safe. Thank you, Mike. This has been incredible. It's been a lot of fun. And definitely yeah. when we can all meet up, we'll get the dream team on here as a trio. I'm not sure how much content we'll get done, but we'll have a good laugh. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I look forward to catching up with you really soon. Yes. And we need to get a, we need to catch a flight to India and catch that curry. Yeah. We oh. owe each other one more great curry dinner. <laughs> yep. And giant, <laughs> giant beers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mike, thank you. This has been really, really so much fun. It's been really cool. And and thanks to the guys who have got, got involved uh, in the chat. That's been really cool. And thank you to everyone on Instagram who put some questions in and stuff and got involved there. So... Yeah, thank you very much to, to everyone there as well. So, nice. Right, I will see you later. Cheers, fellow. Bye. Yeah.